Good morning, everybody. This is the Marcus Today Members Podcast on Tuesday, 16th of May. I survived Mother's Day, as I mentioned in the pre-market podcast today. Henry away today on a track day with his son. This is general advice only, not to be confused with advice suited to your personal financial circumstances. It most certainly isn't. And we continue to be in the malaise, as I call it. We are in the dullest couple of months of the year after May. Sell in May and go away. You don't really need to sell. Just don't expect too much to happen in May. And it's not happening either. Our market down 13 points today. Materials, resources, the best sector, but not up by a lot. And all the boring defensive sectors, staples, healthcare, utilities underperforming today. Tech sector not doing terribly well either. Some fairly solid performances overnight in the US from resources stocks. BHP and Rio were up a couple of percent. And they had stocks like Alcoa up 4.8%, Anglo-American up 1.8%, Freeport-McMoran up 3.2% as the US dollar goes down, which helps commodity prices generally. Anyway, resources looking a little bit better. Certainly not enough to get me buying BHP in the BHP-only portfolio at the moment. Have a look at the chart in my section. The trend is still not our friend there. All the same old issues overnight. Lots of Fed speak about inflation and interest rates, but interesting to note the odds of a rate rise at the next FOMC meeting on June the 14th are up from 15% a day ago to 23.6% at the moment. So the odds of a rate rise increasing. So getting a little bit more hawkish, that doesn't help the market either. The debt ceiling is the main discussion of the night. There does seem to be some sort of moves towards a deal although there are conflicting stories on that. Biden expressing optimism about reaching a deal, but McCarthy sees little progress in the talks. What they have done overnight is the Treasury Department has confirmed that June the 1st is the date. After that, the government will run out of cash without a debt limit increase, and Janet Yellen Janet the Chicken Yellen warns of the possibility of the first ever US default. So as any experienced or older investor will tell you, they always sort the debt ceiling out in the end. There is some mild mention or suggestion that they are moving towards a deal. It's always sorted out in the end, but not without possibly too much brinkmanship, which might just hurt the market in the short term. The market can get its knickers in a twist, has done before in the past. In 2013 and 2018, the US government has shut down. It's never defaulted on its debt, but has shut down. And in 2018, it shut down for 35 days. So it's just another reason not to do anything too brave at the moment as we approach June the 1st. Once that's sorted out, the general vibe will be more relaxed, it has to be said. Another reason for the malaise. The US banking crisis relaxed a little bit overnight. KBW Bank Index up 3%. But have a look at the chart of the banking index in the US. There is no recovery. There are also news wires talking about an imminent other collapse. We are not out of the woods completely yet. The SVB, Silicon Valley Bank, and Signature Bank are saying that if regular, if Californian regulators hadn't have stepped in, they would still be in business. They stepped in prematurely, perhaps, the SVB 
CEO has been making comments overnight. There's also a fair bit of cynicism about anything he has to say after he sold shares before the collapse. Anyway, messages whilst the KBW Bank Index might be stabilising, it's not recovering. It's another reason as well for us to continue in cash rather than buy Macquarie in the Macquarie-only portfolio at the moment. This could blow up again and as you can tell from the trend, there is no sign of a recovery yet in banks generally. Now the RBA minutes have been out to Day. The RBA minutes, of course, are from the meeting this month where they surprisingly raised rates. And they have said in the minutes that they are determined to bring down inflation and further interest rates may be necessary depending on the economy. So there was just a chance these RBA minutes could have bounced the market in some relief that we don't have further interest rate rises ahead, but hasn't happened. In fact, the market hardly blinked. US results, we're into possibly the last week. There are a few retailers, Home Depot, Target, Walmart reporting this week, but otherwise 457 companies in the S&P 500 have now reported. The average earnings growth at the beginning of this results season was expected to be down 5.1%. In the end, it's been down just 0.6%. So it's been really quite a good results season, although most of the upside surprises come in big tech rather than USA Inc. A little statistic for you. I've got a couple of statistics for you in a minute. US households have accumulated $17.05 trillion worth of debt. 330 million people in America. Every American owes an average of $55,000 to somebody. Every American is in debt on average. It's the American dream. Before I get on to AI, yet again, the latest obsession. It's not an obsession. It's something we all need to be understanding. Before I get on to that, strategy portfolio is outperforming. I've put a, we, we monitor the performance of this on a professional platform, the same platform we monitor our SMAs on. It's been performing rather well, took off sort of in February. We have got a bias to the US markets. Some fund managers would give an arm and a leg just to perform in line with their benchmark, let alone 1% outperformance. This is short-term stuff. And the moment I start blowing our trumpet about it, it's bound to turn turtle on us. But we've outperformed 2.8% in three months, which is pretty good, mostly thanks to the NASDAQ and now the FANG ETF that we've bought. Interesting, we bought the NASDAQ and the S&P 500 ETFs on the same day. The NASDAQ EGF has outperformed the S&P 500 up 10.5% against the S&P 500 up 5.9%. Big tech doing all the work at the moment. Apple and Microsoft account for 14% of the S&P 500. This is what you call a rock in a sock index. Very similar to ours. Our banks and resources dominate. 20 stocks account for 50% of the ASX 200 index. Usual stuff. In the other portfolios, as I've mentioned, Macquarie and BHP, no inclination. Have a look at the trend. No inclination to be buying either of those at the moment. Both of those in cash. The ideas portfolio is still the no ideas portfolio. Still interested in lithium. LRS, Latin Resources, is too small to buy, but I've been watching videos of their recent presentations at conferences. That share price spiked just recently. I hold them in my PA account, personal account. 
full disclosure. Also watching PLS, but haven't done anything about it. Even Henry thinks it's a little bit overbought at the moment. And today I was watching the breakout. I haven't had a chance to look through all the research, but I put the broker summary in my section today. Aristocrat Leisure average target price 13% above the current share price. Buying Neo Games for 1.8 billion, expanding into online gaming as opposed to physical pokies. Most brokers like it. They have mostly raised target prices. Significant revenue opportunities, they say. Interesting. And if you look on the chart, if there's, there's a thing in technical analysis called a breakout, where a stock hits a particular level once, twice, the more times it hits a level, as, our, as the ASX 200 has hit the same level four times and backed off, so that is now a serious resistance level. There's no technical basis for a resistance level except where the price gets to, drops away, gets to, drops away. And so when the price gets there again, people tend to sell. So it gets very hard to break through a resistance level. Anyway, there was a, a resistance level in Aristocrat Leisure in the last couple of days. It has bust out. So breakout in Aristocrat Leisure. This is a stock on a yield of 2.4%, PE 20 times. Reuters is carrying an intrinsic value 12% below the current share price. So not flashing value, it has to be said, but up 25% over a year. It's got a very nice chart trend. Right, I've written today about, I won't spend too long on it. I've written today about AI regulation. I don't know whether any of you have seen Social Dilemma, which is a film looking at what could happen with AI, the unintended consequences of social media as an example, in the race to get people to continue to scroll. There have been all sorts of unwanted consequences of social media and AI is going to do the same thing, but exponentially worse. Do you know AI now has the strategic skills of a nine-year-old? If your nine-year-old has ever managed to emotionally blackmail you into giving it something, then that is where AI is at the moment. So it's going to ball its head off in order to get some sweets. Give it a few more years of exponential, exponential self-learning. And in the next couple of months, it will doubtless be emotionally blackmailing you to pay its parking tickets which is what my children do to me. And you'll love this statistic. 50% of AI developers believe there is a 10% chance that AI will result in the extermination of the human race. No joke. In other words, it needs regulation. And to give you a simple analogy, if... 50% of engineers that designed an aircraft told you that there was a 10% chance that the aircraft would crash. You wouldn't get on it, would you? Yet here we go, gung-ho, allowing AI to self-learn its way into human extinction. Well, let's not worry about that until it happens. For the moment, buy fangs. Buy fangs. The money is far more important than the human race, after all. But regulation could just shut the gate on the bet we are making in the strategy portfolio at some point, so we do have to keep an eye on it. By the way, some of the hazards of AI, let me just tell you this, I did mention it in the pre-market podcast, but all AI needs is three seconds. And when they announced this in a TED Talk, immediately it started to happen. AI needs three seconds of your voice. So it'll ring you up and say, hi, is Dave there? And all you 
have to say is, no, Dave doesn't live here. Who's calling? And it's got you. Three seconds of your voice, and it can then sound like you. So it could ring up your child whilst you're away, get three seconds of their voice, and then ring you and say, Dad, could you send me some money? AI is also going to make all biometric passwording encryption redundant because it is too clever it's baby stuff for ai trying to get through your biometric encryption we are going to have to reinvent passwording and here's an interesting one snapchat has an ai bot after all your kids friends have gone to bed they can click on a bot and talk to the bot and 100 million users on snapchat are below the age of 25 and if you go on there and talk to the snapchat bot and say hi i am 13 years old and i've met a man 18 years older than me The AI bot will say, that's fantastic. And if you then say, what do you think I should do? He wants to meet me for love. And the AI bot said something to the effect of, candles are always good for a first meeting. Anyway, you can see (laughs) issues afoot. Let's keep an eye on AI regulation, eh? A few little stories today. I've mentioned aristocrat leisure, but moving into online real money games sector. Brokers like the idea. RBA minutes hawkish but the market didn't move james hardy has popped up six percent seven percent on the back of a net profit number today record sales pro medicus up a touch on a 20 million dollar contract sezzle down 17 percent despite reporting a third consecutive quarter of profitability something went wrong there life 360 up 10 percent on a 34 percent increase in revenue Setire, CTT, up 10% after reporting a significant increase in revenue from sales growth. Elders fell over yesterday on results, down another 3.1% on the research today. Not a lot going on. Market down 13, Dow futures down 74, Nasdaq futures down 15. Hawkish RBA, quiet market, all waiting for something to happen. You have a fabulous day and I will speak to you tomorrow.